So we're beginning again, we're in the beginning of Paragimel, and we discussed um, last time, we discussed that there are basically differences of opinion of exactly uh, how to handle the situation of fasting uh, in terms of fixing up uh, or making the relationship better based on the Avera that a person does, right? So we discussed that, let's say that a person does the Avera one time, so it's very clear, you know, uh, you, you fast the X amount of times for that particular Avera, and that's the whole story. Uh, however, the, it's all based on, you know, the question of what are we comparing it to? Are we comparing it to an Euler offering? In which case, if it's compared to an Euler offering, so one Corbin will cover many different situations, many different acts. So if a person sinned many times, so then one oil should cover it. On the other hand, if you're going to say that it's compared to a chatas, we know that for every chatas, we're learning chatas in Gemara, we're learning chatas here, right? That for every chatas, that uh, every sin that a person does, he has to bring another chatas. So that was basically the issue over here as well. So what do you do? So let's say that a person... Uh, uh, did, as he says here, 10 or 20 times uh, the Avera of, uh, of uh, shedding seed for no reason. So then the question is, do you have to do uh, 10 sets of, how many fasts was it again? 40, uh, 84 fasts, right? Or do we say that we, no, we do one set and it covers everything. Um, so it's interesting because the, uh, it's explained why did he choose 10 or 20? Because the Indian of Shechvat Zara Levatala is connected to Chachma, because that's where it comes from. Like it says that the child is, you know, sourced, is rooted in the Chachma of his father, right? Why? Because that's where the, that's where the Zara is coming from originally. I told you this before, that it's interesting because we had a, um, a person, a Bachar here, who was a urologist. And I always thought that, that was just like a, a conceptual idea. You know, a person, you know, if he's, uh, if he's expressing zera, so it's coming from his mind. It comes from the Chachma in his mind. And, but I thought it was only like a concept. And he explained uh, that, in fact, it's not true. In fact, there is actually a certain liquid that gets released from the brain, and it goes down the spinal cord, and that's how it starts off. So it's fascinating that, um, that, that they, you know, I guess they did that research, and they found that to be the case. Anyway, so... Um, so the question was, how many is it then? So then the, the Rebbe says here that they're machriya, that we do it three times. Why three times? Because uh, the basic concept of three times is that if someone does uh, something once, so you could say like, it's like if you were imagining it like uh, in like a, a, a piece of clothing or something like that, someone gets it a little bit dirty. So it's like it's off the, on the top and that's it. Second time is it like became more involved in the dirt or the oil getting through the through whatever the piece of cloth is. By the third time, it penetrates to the other side. And actually, the Rebbe brings in a sikh, a very interesting uh, idea here, uh, which is why three? Like, what, what are the three different opinions? What is it based on? So one opinion is that look, there's basically three things that are happening when a person does a sin. Number one, there is that he's going, he's rebelling against the Abishter. Number two is that he's making a problem, as we said earlier in the time in, in Geras Chuva, that every single mitzvah is connected to one aver, every positive, every negative. So he's damaging that particular aver. He's, 
and possibility number three is that actually that every aver is interconnected with every other aver in the person's body. So if one aver is sick, God forbid, so it impacts the entire body. It's not just, a, you know, like that's it. God forbid, you know, a person even stubs his toe, he feels it everywhere. He feels like he's in tremendous pain, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's you know, his eyes, you know, he sees the planetarium and he goes, ah, oh, it's like, so this, this is what happens. So he explains that this is, this is, this is what the arguments are based on, you know, in terms of even just the aver itself. Is it just the aver itself? So if it was just the aver itself, so then it would be one, one, uh, set of fasting for that aver, and that's it. It covers because you're fixing up the aver. Is it that it's for the way the aver, right? It's the way it is connected to every other part of the body. So then it has a different connotation. It's like the way it has to be as many times that it happens, etc. Actually, this is why the Rebbe also explains why Dafka he's focusing on uh, this particular vera of Shechvat Zara. Why? Because the Rambam explains that when a person sheds, you know, gives off seed, it impacts the entire body in a very clear way, like more than anything else. Like that really impacts the entire body. Uh, and it says like when a person does that, like his kayach goes away and, it, you know, all the things the Rambam explains over there. We just were learning Hilchas, uh, you know, Deos anyway, so we were just learning about this. But the point being that that this is the this is the nekuda and therefore they're machriya by three because three is is an idea of complete penetration from side to side and that's why they're being machriya let's okay let's go let's go inside now so the the decision that was sort of makubal that was received, accepted by everyone is to fast three times according to the amount of the sins that he did in this particular area. So that would correspond to 252 fasts for the times that he shed seed. And that would be the same way with all the other sins as well. The reason is al right? It says it in the Zayar Kaidish. Parashas Nayach says over there where I'm where I'm Gimel, yeah. Barnash. It since a person sinned, in front of Hashem, Avid For the first time, right? It just makes like a little uh, like a Rishima. What's a Rishima? Like a trace, a trace of something. That's it. However, by the third time, when he does this sin, whatever the sin is, it's like he's made this, this blemish, this stain, and the stain has gone all the way through the garment, all the way through the baggage, from one side to the other. That's the idea. Yeah? And that's why we say that a person has to do the amount of fasting of three sets of Whatever the sin happens to be. Good? Everyone's clear? Okay, let's go weiter. Now, comes on with the next section, right? That is going to explain that really this is, you know, back in the day when people had the, the tendency to fast, right? In other words, the many people, they, Bichlal, they wouldn't eat that much. Like it says in the Gemara, it says that, that, that you know, the worker man, for instance, would eat in the fifth hour of the day. 
when it says the workmen ate in the fifth hour of the day, so that means that they wouldn't eat until 11 o'clock. Right? That would be the first time they ate, and then they would eat one more meal like uh, in the early Arab, right? But the truth is that even that, I mean, how much food did they really have? They had very little food, right? And I mean, think about it. They didn't have a refrigerator stocked with the things that we have it stocked with. They had whatever food they had, whatever little things they had. You know, to make a, to make a bread in those days, right, you had to grind the wheat and the da 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 you know you had to you had to do the whole ganze richa so it wasn't like nowadays you just go to the store and get whatever you need right so bichlal they ate much less so they were used to number one eating very little lechatchila and not only that eating very little lechatchila that even a lot of times they didn't have food to eat anyway so they were strong they were much stronger than us we are we are a much pampered much more pampered society right we have everything at our fingertips thank god I mean, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, but in one area, it makes us much weaker, right? That it, for us, when we decide to fast for one day, you know, like I'm fast on Yom Kippur, everyone's like, uh, you know, preparing for it and getting ready, and uh, it knocks us out completely, right? Even though nowadays it's interesting because there's much more of a trend, you know, to go back to fasting, intermittent fasting, and fasting, you know, water fasting, water, you know, like all different types of things. But the Bapayal Mamish. We're not, we're not really used to it. We're not really made for it. So he says like this, This is all with a strong person. Bari is healthy. Where the many fasts would not hurt him at all. To the, body, to the health of the body. Again, we always see that, that, that we don't want to destroy, we don't want to hurt our health of our body. Right? That's part of the, part of the game in, in Hasidus. Right? To break the Nefesh of Bahamis, yes. To break the goof, no. That's the whole point that he was bringing constantly in Tanya, back and forth. But like it was in the earlier generations. But someone who is going to fast a lot, it's going to be mazikim. Right? It's going to damage him. That, God forbid, he can come from this to... Uh, to the idea of getting sick or becoming weaker, come over Dorosenu Eila, like in Ardoris, right? It's forbidden to fast that many times. Afilu al Krisos of Misos based in, even if it's for the most severe sins that we talked about so far, right? Which are Krisos, Karis, and Misos based in. Which we said before, what's what, what's our what's the way to fix up creases and mises based in according to the first chapter? Yom Kippur and and you serve right. That's what we say, right? Mikol shekain al mitzvus ase v'mitzvus loisa shein b'hem karis and all the more so when you're talking about mitzvus ase or mitzvus loisa that doesn't have karis connected to it. It's all the more so that we're not going to have an issue with that. According to, according to, right? That he shouldn't. That he has to do it in a way that he's not going to be damaged whatsoever. Even in the earlier days, be made tanaim v'amuraim. In the days of tanaim and amuraim, lo hayu misanim kahai gavna. In other words, even in those days, 
that they didn't fast like this. Only people that were very healthy and that were very capable, very possible for them to do it. But the low matzil to Now, what is he talking about here? Right? What are you talking about here? Someone that fasts that shouldn't be fasting is considered a sinner. So he gives the example in the Gemara and Tainus. He brings examples. The point over there is like, for example, a, a person who is a teacher of young children. So we know that when a person fasts, generally speaking, his patience level goes like that. You know, it goes much further down. So therefore, if a person is a teacher of children, he needs to have maximum patience, you know, that is possible on the globe, right? So now if he's going to add to it that he's going to start fasting, right? So it's not, it's, not a, it's not a practical thing. It says that even that student, teachers of students, of children, they should not allow to stay up late at night, they can't fast, they have to, in other words, they have to take care of making sure that their physical being, yeah, is ready to be able to come in and give the children the best that you can give them. And if a person is sitting there and he's like, you know, he's doing all these types of mortifications and, 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 and trying to, you know, break himself in this way and that way, so he's not going to be able to do his job. His job, his ultimate job, is that he's a teacher. Right? So similarly with us, if, if we're going to sit here and we're going to fast, imagine that. We'd be fasting, first of all, based on what we just read, probably be fasting for the rest of our lives. I mean, for all the different sins that a person does, right? It's like, if you think about that, even one, one you know, a person that did this, uh, you know, shedding seed, right there is 252 fasts. So with Shabbos and Yantiv, right, you basically would be fasting an entire year, right? Because figure, how many Shabbos, one-seventh is Shabbos, one-seventh, 365 is what? Teva. No, it's like probably 50, right? So it's 52 weeks, so obviously 52 weeks of Shabbos. And then you had, and then you had Yamim Toivim, right? So Yamim Toivim and Cholamayit, can't fast on Cholamayit. Rosh Chodesh is another 12, so it's 52, is 64. Plus you have, uh, you have uh, Pesach is another 8 days, it's 72. Uh, Sukkot and Simchas Torah is another 9, nine days, it's 81. Plus you have Rosh Hashanah is 90, uh, what do I get up to now? At 93, right? And then you have, um, then you have Tishabab. No, just kidding, right? Then you have uh, Shavuos, another two is 95, right? Uh, Hanukkah, you can't fast on Hanukkah, is 83. Purim, uh, eight, uh, so it's, it's 93, what did we say? 95, 103, 104. 104 without even, right? Any, did I miss any holidays? I don't want to make any holidays feel bad that we missed them, you know? Right? <laughs> Siddhish holidays, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, that's Kislev, right, right, exactly. Okay, so 104 days of the year, you're not even allowed to fast, right? So if you add 104 to 252, right, so that winds up being 356 days of the year. So basically, you could take, uh, you know, what is it, nine days over the course of the year that is not a holiday off from fasting. I mean, that would be like a fasting for... That's only one sin. What about a person got angry ever in their life? No, no one here has ever gotten angry in their life, right? Or, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not shayich. It's not shayich. So, so what are we supposed to do here? We, you know, on the one hand, we're given this tremendous advice of how to fix things up and bake our relationship with the Abishter better. On the other hand, you know, is that really practical? No, it says the Baal Shaldi when he was younger. There's an Indian... 
I never really understood this, to fast from Shabbos to Shabbos. It's, they'd eat the last meal on Motzei Shabbos, and then they'd eat something again on Friday afternoon. So I never understood whether that meant uh, that they were allowed to eat every nighttime, or they just didn't eat for the entire seven days. I have more of a hunch that, it, that they didn't eat at all for the, those six days or whatever. I'm not sure how that would be possible, though. But So maybe it was that they ate in the nighttime. I don't know, but there, that, that, was, a, that was an Indian. It's a, it's a well-known Indian in, 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 don't get any ideas, guys, right? Uh, in, uh, it talks about it in, in different uh, svarim, this idea of fasting from Shabbos to Shabbos. It like fixes up for like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fasts if a person does that. But um, anyway, I, I don't know. Papayal Mamish, most of us are not in that type of lifestyle, you know, uh, to be able to do this for sure. And therefore, it says in the Gemara that someone who fasts, it's not really, it's going to do damage to what he's doing, is called a sinner. And even if you're fasting for sins that you mamish, right, are you doing? Like the Rashi says over there, and like it says in Mesechta Zvachim, that you don't have even a person in this world that is not that he, he made a mistake. He didn't do a person positive of mitzvah. Right? First of all, why does it say that everyone is over on a mitzvah aseh without a question? Because of Bittul Torah. Excellent, right? Bittul Torah, right? Bottom line is people should be learning Torah. Unless you have a reason not to be learning Torah at this particular moment, you should be learning Torah, right? At any given moment of the day. It's almost impossible to not do that. That's one of the questions that it says right in the beginning of the first chapter of Tanya, right? Uh, you can imagine what a Bainani is. A Bainani is a person that doesn't ever even over on the, on the, on the mitzvah of, of, uh, of uh, Bittal Torah. How, how could it be such a thing? Incredible, right? And then he says, even a, someone who's a Bal Torah, Bal Torah means someone who's spending their time learning. Someone who's spending their time learning also has to devote himself. He has to put his brain into it, right? In other words, I don't know how you guys feel, but a lot of times when I fast, it's hard to focus. It's hard to like go deep into an Indian, right? The truth is that, that they say, I mean, I've never tried this before, but uh, some people here have tried it, uh, like a week-long water fast. You ever try something like that? You would do something like that, right? That's like something they do... Um, that like you know you do it with a doctor and everything like that you could check and make sure that they they say that that once after the first like the first day or two days it's like you're like gefelach but then after that you get such a clarity it's it's unbelievable they say that you don't need to sleep or like sleep very little you have so much energy and it's just an interesting thing that it's talking about but for most of us this is not the this is not what we're, what we're doing but for most of us when we fast all of a sudden a person becomes very um, you know, very heavy and very, uh, the brain starts hurting, you know, get headaches and stuff like that. And they're just not lucid in the same way. Elamaita Kante. So what is, so, so what are we going to do? So we have an issue. We have a problem. What's our problem? Our problem is we've established that fasting is a great way to make the relationship better with Hashem. Remember, what is it not? What is fasting not? What is fasting not? Tshuva. That's for sure that's not the case. But to make the relationship better, we need to fast. On the other hand, the Gemara itself is telling me that I'm going to be called a sinner if I'm going to fast. So we have a contradiction, right? So what are we doing with this? Allah, so we have to say, like it says in Daniel, that your sins with tzedakah, you will be able to sort of like fix up. 
right? That's that's how you deal with it. That by doing tzedakah, but like the poskim explain liten be'ad kol yom polnish This is uh, from the the Ramah brings this out that he writes that in order to take the place of fasting. The way to fix it up is by giving a certain amount of money. It says here, 18 gidule polnish, whatever that is. So some people want to say that that corresponds to three meals of Shabbos. Other people will say, no, it's just the meals of the day. It's not 100% clear uh, what exactly the amount of money would be nowadays. Um, but the bottom line is that it's by giving, by giving money, right? That's the idea. That's, that's the concept. By giving money, it, it fixes uh, fixes a person up. But Ashir Yosef Lufi Ashiro, and like it says, that a person who is a wealthy person should give more according to his wealth. Avram like it says also in the Magen Avram, right? And his commentary on the Shulchan uh, Aruch over there in Hilchas Tainis explains this. So this is a very interesting idea. So. Uh, the, 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 one of the big questions then is that on the, on the one hand we're told that we have to give miser right miser is something that needs to be done right on the other hand on the other hand we're told that a person shouldn't give more than a chaymish right he shouldn't give more than one fifth right because that would be making him dependent upon the community Right, so you have two extremes. On the other hand, if you're going to pay all the money for all the fasts that a person has to do, so <laughs> you know it might be like more like a, you know half of his income. I don't know, a, you know whatever. It could be a lot more than, than even a chaymish. So the Alter Rebbe has to deal with this here, uh, and he will deal with it later on in, the, in in this chapter. That he explains that it's true that you shouldn't give more than a fifth. However. That's with regards to just stam giving tzedakah. But in a situation, God forbid, the person is sick, are they going to say, okay, I'm, I've given my, in my budget a doctor's bill of this percentage of my income and no more? And the obvious answer is no. The answer is that no, he's going to give whatever he needs to give in order to make himself better. So in this scenario, this is, a, this is how the Alter Rebbe explains it. Now, having said that, the Rebbe, however, comes up with a, a different point here. And he says, and, and it's interesting because he really goes on a different angle here for a second. And I remember um, that, that you know, I discussed this when I was a Bachar and Yeshiva, uh, this new angle. So what's the new angle that he comes here? He says, despite the fact that we should really pay off these sins, nevertheless, a person should find a way to maybe do this uh, set of fasting at least one time in his lifetime. Now, he says that way to do it is, and we're going to see it inside in a minute, is by, first of all, uh, you could choose to do it in an early, you know, like in the winter time, right? In the winter time, especially in, you know, places in the northern, you know, hemisphere, like towards the, uh, towards, you know, higher up north, you know, like Russia, right? So there's very little, you know, very little time in the day that is daytime, for example, in the winter time. You know, if you go to, like I remember when, when I was in Russia, right, it would just, it would get dark very late in the day, and it would get dark, I mean, it would get light very late in the day, excuse me, and then it would get dark, 
very early in the day. So you'd have only a, a bunch of, you know, very few hours. So you could eat before, you know, before the sun comes out, and you could eat after the sun comes out. So this is how he suggests to handle this. And then he says also, we're going to see in a minute, that he suggests that there's also an opinion in the Yerushalmi that if you fast for half a day, right, until Chatzois, it's considered like a, like you could add up two half-day fasts. In other words, if you don't eat, uh, let's say Chatzois is 12 o'clock. So if you don't, and uh, let's say sunrise is 6 o'clock. So from 6 to 12 is 6 hours. So if you don't eat or drink during those six hours, you can combine them with another six hours of, you know, on Monday you do it and Tuesday you do it, let's say, and that would be considered like a full day fast. You understand? So even though he went through this whole discussion here not to fast, <laughs> and then he comes back the other way and says, but at least you should try to do it like one time and do it in an easy way, whatever. So I remember discussing this with, with my rabbi in yeshiva when I was a bacher. So I was like, okay. And I started making up a schedule. <laughs> you know, okay, I'm going to fast on this day and this day. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, no. He said the rabbi was still not uh, so in favor of this, you know, that we shouldn't do it. We should, you know, they, this was like even going back 200 years, you know, they had much stronger bodies than us. They, didn't, they weren't as pampered. I mean, like we were talking about before, not just with regards to food. If you think about it, there was no air conditioning. There's no heating, right? They went to sleep basically when the sun went down. They woke up when the sun went up. You know, it's like it was, it was a different lifetime 200 years ago. 200, 200 and something years ago, right? There was no electricity in these towns in, you know, in Russia or whatever. They had kerosene lamps and this is what they did. And, and it, it was just a different, a different experience. Obviously, they had an oven in their house that heated up the house, hopefully. But in the summertime, what, what were they going to do? That, you know, this, this is so the body becomes much more uh, strong when it's not. You know, with, with us, you know, you're sitting here one day and the air conditioning is not on, and, you, and no one, and everyone, no one can think straight because it's like, oh, I can't breathe in here. You know, it's so hot. You know, like. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's look at it inside. Good, clear. What we're doing here? Yeah, Teva. So, um, when you're talking about doing it, doctor, is he saying that's as good as fasting, or that? That's a good question. Um, it seems to be that it's started off as more of a bidiyavid, but now the Rebbe was saying it's much more of a lachatchila. No, that's just the yeah, way it is. In yeah, and everyone in our generation is just not used to it. It's not. It's not a, it's just a shayach thing. Uh, people try to give tzedakah as much as they can. You know, everyone's limited in what, you know, how much money we have, but uh, whatever we have, you know. On the other hand, you can't give away all your money and then become a burden to society, you know, like walking around collecting money because they have to give money to tzedakah so that way they could, you know. Okay, anyway. Mikol makom kol bal nefesh, any bal nefesh, a chafetz kirvas Hashem, that wants to be close to Hashem, m'sakin nafsho, to fix up his soul, La Hashiva Elavaya to return to Hashem Bitchuva and a chuva ma'ila mina muvhar and a chuva in the best possible way. Yachmir al Atzmo, he should be more machmir on himself. Lahashlim al kol panim pam achas kol yimechayav that he should try. Right, he should be machmir on himself. Lahashlim to complete al Kolpanim at the very least. Pam Achas Kol Yimei Chayav. One time over the course of his life, 
Misparatsaimas, the number of fasts, the call avon va avon. From every sin, that a person would be chayev misa for. So something that a person did that he's chayev misa for, he should try his best to, uh, you know, set up those fasts. Even if it wasn't chayev misa mitzad mitzad, what you call it, mitzad based in, but at least chayev misa bidei shemayim kagon lahatzas deralavatala. Like, uh, for example, shedding a seed, pay dalad soimos, pam achas, bime achayev, you know, 84 fasts at least once in his lifetime. It's very interesting because in the olden days, there was this concept that people would go to uh, the Rebbe or the Rav or whoever it happened to be and ask him, please tell me what is a, a tikkun for this and such and such a uh, sin. Like, I remember reading a, you know, a story one time. Um, that you know, a person sent another person on a shlicha somewhere as a, as his employee, and the person and the and the shliach got killed by bandits on the way. So he goes to the, to his rav in the town. Is he has to you know make a tikkun for this? Like what should he do? Right? You know, and and that concept would not even come up to us nowadays. Like it's not a, it's not a, like the metakin something, or you know, and very often. Uh, a tikkun in those days used to be, you know, even going back, you know, whatever, 150, 200 years, was this idea of gullus. Gullus was something that a person did that he, um, essentially, the rule was that he would have to travel and he would not be allowed to stay in the same bed two nights in a row. Also, there's different levels of it. Like, in other words, there's also an opinion that he wouldn't be able to ask for food. People gave him food, then he ate. And if people didn't give him food, he didn't eat. In other words, it, there were different levels of that. And that would, you know, you always hear about the, these great tzaddikim that would go on, on, into galas. But also regular people also did in order to fix up for different sins. Like uh, if you're, uh, there's a famous story with these two people in Krakow that, uh, that, that started, uh, they were butchers and they, and they made a whole business of, of feeding non-kosher meat. And calling it kosher, and it was to the point that the whole city became like it was basically eating this meat, and it was a whole to do, and 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 uh, it was a, a crazy story. But Vapoil Mamish, uh, what happened was that they 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 realized at the end they were ignoramuses, they didn't know anything about Torah, they didn't understand what it was, and then they realized and, 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 uh, a whole crazy thing. They made a whole. A whole a meeting of, of big rabbanim throughout Europe. They all came to Krakow to fix figure out what they're going to do, and you know a couple of things they had to do was they'd have to go into this shul and to, to beg for forgiveness for thirty days straight, and, and, and you know lie down on the floor, and, and then they had to go to the cemetery and beg all the children that died early for forgiveness, people who died early because they ate non-kosher food, and then they had to then basically after this whatever it was I can't remember it was a thirty day period or something they had to go into Gaulus for three years. You know, every single day. You know, and, and they came back. They were like different people. They were broken. They were like a different, very purified, very, very unique in there. And and then it was a whole thing with uh, I can't remember who, who was the rav at that time. I'll have to look it up. But I'll, I'll tell you, Mitzvah If I could find it for tomorrow, I'll, I'll tell you more the the story. But a very fascinating story and how they fixed themselves up and they became like. Like different people, and there was a whole question: what happens if they when they die? And like it was, it's very interesting. Mitzvah I'll look for the story tonight.
but for now, please, uh, please uh, uh, do uh, Chazara, and we'll